0: Trust
1: in you. Greetings, Saints. Many blessings to you. In the name of Jesus, thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, uh, we love you and we appreciate you so much, Lord. Uh, thank you for causing the brethren to re- always remember prayer and praise and thanks to you, and uh, see the wonderful answers we're seeing, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to continue with Ministering Angels through UBM number seven, and um, we also call this Praise Brings Testimonies, amen. First revelation I'm going to share with you, the bride received her gifts on the eighth day prayer and worship meeting. This is Marie Kelton, eight nineteen twenty-two, and Eve's notes are in here too, so I'll share them. Um, again, I believe uh, Marie is representing the corporate bride body in UBM. So, during the Friday eighth-day anointing meeting, the Lord gave me an open vision of me being in heaven wearing all white, with a white head covering on. Uh, Of course, that's representing um, her submission to her heavenly husband, right? And uh, this was, I believe, her spirit man in heaven. I saw him opening a black bag. Well, I believe that this represents the hidden treasures of darkness, In Isaiah 45 and 3, And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that it is I, the Lord, who call thee by thy name, even the God of Israel. Amen. He began handing me uh, white boxes of all different sizes, which I knew were gifts. He handed me so many that I had to look behind them to see the Lord. I knew it was an endless bag. Then the vision ended. And Eve said, uh, quote, Jeruel said to me that all our gifts for now and future purposes were bestowed upon us for future ministrations and service for God's kingdom and His people uh, at the eighth-day praise and worship meeting. Some gifts are immediately available to those who have the maturity to unpackage them now, but most of these gifts require more preparation of heart, mind, and priorities before they can be opened and used. And he said, uh, of course, We are already operating in the meantime gifts that we've received, but much greater manifestations of these gifts are coming to operate in the Holy Spirit and serve God's people. Amen. So here's a a review of what he said to us so we understand the testimonies that follow. David asked, what will Friday's anointings involve? And Jeruel said, spiritual restorations and healings, as well as physical healings with faith and anointings of gifts for the body and greater body ministry. Then he added, faith is imperative. Ask your father for more faith. He will give it to you as much as you are willing to receive. Yes, you exercise faith in the promises of God, no matter what way they come to you, that's how they come to pass. Some people wonder why they get revelations that don't come to pass. They don't receive it as done, right? It's going on, uh, Jerul said, um, many are comfortable where they are and uh, fearful to receive more faith and power from God because it will make them more responsible to be moved out of their comfort zones and into more maturity and the unknown of total abandonment to the will of God and His ways. These fears are strongholds in many lives and keep the saints from progressing in the purposes of God. Those who are empty will go away, full, and those who are full will go away empty, or with little. Those who empty their vessels of fear, doubt, unbelief, and double-mindedness, and come truly hungry and thirsty for the gifts of God to serve others and His kingdom, will be filled with anointing to the fullest. Perfect love for their Father in our great God casts out fear. And with fear goes doubt, unbelief, and double-mindedness. Those who hang on to self-will, pride, and giving up control of their own lives, who insist on continuing to be their own masters, will not receive or will receive little according to the conditions of their own hearts, which the great God and King knoweth. For he searcheth the hearts of men, looking for empty vessels to fill for His purposes and His glory. This requires an obedient servant's heart, a willing vessel crying out, Here am I, send me. Not my own will, but yours. These can be trusted with so great gifts and anointings. Continue to praise the Lord, saints, for deliverance, defense, um, and the manifestation of these gifts in order to bind the enemies and their demonic leadership according to Psalm 149, 5-9. It says, Let the saints exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the nations and punishment upon the peoples and to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. And by the way, many times this is demonic forces we're talking about. To execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. And that's a command, by the way. <laughs> and um, this one we called, uh, lay down your pride and receive his gifts. And this was given to eve brast eight eighteen twenty two A sister in the Lord contacted me and asked the following questions of the Lord: Why are my dreams being hindered? For what purpose did God call me? What is my ministry? What gifts have you purposed for my life? Why has God been silent? And I believe that this speaks to many out there who feel rejection and condemnation, which is not from God. It is a a defense that the enemy throws up to keep you from receiving what God has for you. And you should take authority over that. Repent of it and take authority of it and cast it down, right? I asked the Lord to give me a vision and to speak to me concerning her questions and this is a portion of what I was shown. I saw a third angel behind the other two called Proterius. There's no earthly meaning for this name that I could find. He was uh, smaller than the other two and very humble in demeanor. He had a simple, plain, sleeveless tunic, and he was barefooted. He had a peaceful, soft face and a slight smile. He also had short brown hair with a simple leather headband. He appeared on the scene reluctantly and stood quietly with his head slightly bowed, never raising his eyes in humble servitude. He was holding a very large woven basket in front of him with both hands that was absolutely filled with different fruits, of which I only recognized red grapes. The others were foreign-looking. There were also many small jewelry-sized gift boxes perfectly wrapped in golden paper with maroon satin ribbons and bows. He was patiently waiting to present these to this sister when she was able and willing to receive them. Ah. Many times people are looking at their natural face in the mirror and consider that they are not worthy or that God is offended with them for past sins and does not want to give them their desires. And they're separated from justification by seeing their natural face instead of the face of Jesus by faith. Amen. Then the Lord spoke to me concerning all of her previous questions and said, I have no other message for this sister other than what I have already spoken to her in the message I gave you to give her almost three years ago. She must receive it and believe, no matter what she feels personally or what the lies of the enemy of her soul are telling her. These lies are the idols that she holds in higher esteem than my love for her. She must repent for rejecting me and all my loving advances towards her and receive the gifts of the bride. Otherwise, all of her other questions and concerns are irrelevant. Well, amen, amen. There are people that are just kind of beat down and they need to... Walk by faith. Look up towards God. Accept His forgiveness. Accept His love. Accept His gifts. Right? So, um, here's another one. A uh, word from the Lord for this sister, His bride. Eve ten twenty eight, nineteen. 10, 28, 19. The following love letter is to all, both men and women, I believe who aspired to be the bride of Christ. My beautiful daughter, you are continually fighting with your old man. You must cease your striving and struggling in your self-efforts. You need only to lift up your eyes, quit looking at the earth, and look into the mirror and see that my power lives in you. I am the only power source that you need. I am the only power source that works. I live and move and have my being in you. All you need do is rest in my love and rest my hand and trust my hand. Uh, I am faithful to lead you into all truth and righteousness for my own name's sake. I will perfect all concerning you. You are never alone. I will carry you, my lamb, if only you will let me. You must give up the pride and independence of the old nature that you have relied upon so heavily all of your life and yield yourself completely in vulnerability unto my arms, my loving arms. You must trust me with your heart. Do you believe that you are my beautiful bride? You must believe, for I love you dearly. Don't let self-doubt and unbelief separate us. I long for uninterrupted communion with you, but these spirits are the biggest hindrance to our relationship. You must not listen to the condemnation and lies of the enemy who wants to crush your faith and your belief and steal you away from me for he is a thief and a liar. I love the beautiful desires of your heart and your longing for closeness with me. I placed those desires within your heart when I sealed you and sanctified you unto myself. You are mine, and I will fight for you. You sit at my table continually with eagerness to be filled with my words and with my righteousness and you will be filled. This is what I see. It is finished. My love, my undefiled one, believe it, hold on to your faith and that which you have, for I am faithful. I will enlarge your portion for you, have made me the ruler of your house. I asked, Father, she said, for a word for this sister, representing many in the bride. And this is the word he gave me by faith at random, and my finger was on, full of splendor, in Psalm 1 11 and 3. Context 1 through 10. Praise the Lord! I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. In the company of the upright, In the congregation, great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work. That's you, right? And his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers His covenant forever. He has shown His people the power of His works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of His hands are faithful and just, and all His precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to His people. He has commanded His covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Mm-hmm. Amen. And this one we called, Give for alms those things which are within. Amber Arnie, uh, 8, 8 twenty two. Amen. This vision below was given on 8-8-22 before the command of the Lord was given to contribute our excess wealth to UBM for the needs of the saints. I had been, um, I had been seeing a vision of a stack of art books. I am an art major. The only book that I recognized was an art history book on top of various other art books. As I saw these books, I heard in the Spirit something like, Sell your unneeded possessions and give to the needy. And that was from Luke twelve thirty three 33-34. Sell that which you have, and give alms. Make for yourselves purses which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief draweth near, neither doth moth destroy. Uh, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I was confused at first, because I don't have that particular art history book anymore, and the ones that I do have aren't worth very much, So I wondered how I could sell them. I had puzzled over this for weeks until I realized that the Lord had a deeper message for me. I studied the above passage as well as similar ones in Luke 16 and 9. Uh, And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends by means of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when it shall fail, they may receive you into eternal tabernacles." And Luke 18 and 22. And when Jesus heard it, he said unto him, One thing thou lackest yet. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And Luke 11 and 41. But give for alms those things which are within, and behold, all things are clean unto you. Matthew 19 and 21. Jesus said unto him, If thou wouldest be perfect, go sell that which thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Acts 2 and 45. And they sold their possession and goods, and parted them to all, according as any man had need. Luke 6 and 38. Give, and it will be given unto you good measure, Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall they give into your bosom. For with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So after some study, I felt the Lord was saying to think of my work for UBM as alms to the poor. I composite uh, the books for the ministry. So, and Amber, by the way, does this at no charge to the ministry. Some people can do that and some people can't. Um, she says, uh, this. this was a great encouragement and it has really helped me to be more diligent and enjoy my work. Amen. Today I was studying this again and it seems like the Lord wanted to say more. And so I asked him, How do you give as alms the things that are within? From the scripture in Luke 11 and 41, But give for alms those things which are within, and behold, all things are clean unto you. Well, one thing I know about this is that uh, we can give to God from within, uh, By our appreciation in praise and thanksgiving for giving us all that Jesus is in the reconciliation. And this is solving many problems and bringing testimonies like we're sharing here. I heard in the Spirit, Is this the fast that I have chosen? Quote unquote. That's from Isaiah 58, 6 through 10. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? And when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him? And that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Then shall thy light spring forth as the morning, and thy healing shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall by thy reward be thy reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord will answer, thou shalt cry, and he will say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and the speaking wickedly, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shalt thy light rise in darkness, and thine obscurity be as the noonday. Well, sometimes people have to forgive not only others, but themselves. And um, that's important, too. I, I still had many questions. Then I heard, Will you walk with me down a lonely street? Quote, unquote. This is a line from the song, Unity, by King and Country. To me, this song is about walking with our brothers in all kinds of needs, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Here it is. But if I need a ride in your back seat, will you be there for me? See me on the path on your way home. Might need a mattress to sleep on. But if I'm going to dawn, would it be wrong? Will you be there for me? Will you walk with me down a lonely street? Talk to me, tell me what you see. Stand by me, so the world will see you and me in unity. Since we've received the command from God via the angels to sell what we have and support UBM, this message uh, makes more sense. I still have questions, but I believe the Lord is asking me to go deeper. Not just give my money, but give myself, my talents, and my time to him. Amen. Matthew 25 and 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it unto one of these my brethren, even these least, you did it unto me. Amen. However we treat those who are in need that are brethren, we're treating Jesus right, amen. So here's um, Claire Pinar's um, accounting of angels in her life, and uh, this is eight eighteen twenty-two. She said, "Dear Eve, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with." Angels on the broadcast. It blessed me so much. I had similar experiences from the age of four. I have always wondered if other real regular people have seen these things. I had some imaginary friends too, as my mom called them. My stepmom thought I was mental and took me to a psychiatrist or child psychologist, but nothing ever came from it and I am so blessed by your testimonies of these ministering spirits. Uh, I've put this together to help build the body with faith and expectation. However, I could write a small book on what I've seen. This is what I can contribute. You're welcome to share it with uh, our fellow brothers and sisters. I don't share to put my, or to puff myself up. In fact, it is remarkably humbling to share somewhat intimate details of my life. But I'm uh, happy to share. And I have no shame and only glory in Christ's good work in me. I first saw into the spirit realm when I was about six years old. My mom and stepdad were troubled folks. And my mom was tormented by demons who masked themselves as angels of light. She would swear at them and chase them away. I would just pray to Jesus or God and tell them to go. My understanding of the father and son relationship was limited at that time, uh, particularly There was a demon who looked like a pretty little corpse bride that roamed our garden freely. She, or it, was always hanging around. There were a few other things that would happen in our home, and I learned to not be fearful, and I would sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, or... Jesus loves little children, yep, (laughs) in times of torment or anger or fighting. These included supernatural things like beings who looked like light swirling around my head at night or beings of light who would manifest their light in a dark room before the room light was switched on. This made me very scared of the dark as a child. In later years, I had to cast out this demon, uh, depression, from myself, which is an an awesome testimony on its own. That demon is gone and destroyed by the power of the Word and my faith in Jesus. I've not dealt with a day of depression since then. Praise God. I also used... uh, to receive dreams as a child, mostly as warnings for my parents, but they did not have ears to hear or eyes to see. By teenhood, these things left me, and I was in rebellion until I was 23 years old. And then I found Jesus as my personal Savior and started living as correctly as I could without much training, discipleship, or role modeling. It was a tough road with many mistakes. I moved out on my own, and and Rion and I were married when we were 25 years old. We were baptized together in May 2010, about 18 months after getting married. And after reading David Eel's Sovereign God book and plugging into a small home church, we received the Holy Spirit shortly thereafter and I saw demons again, but that at that point, I started receiving dreams again too. The first demon that I saw after being saved was self-loathing. I was very insecure as a young woman. I cast it out one day after realizing that I had no need to feel this way anymore if I was redeemed. What left me, What left me looked like a knee-high gremlin, scaly and stupid. Since then, I have seen every demon that's been cast out of me manifest and depart. I've also seen the demons leave from other people the Lord has used, Rion and I, to help in deliverance. Most of these demons have been taken away by what I later learned was my angel, and one was taken away by Jesus himself. Because of my childhood, I didn't just want to see the dark side, so I asked the Lord over time, when my faith and courage grew, if I could rather see angels and the light side more often. Now I still see the demons and manifestations of demons, especially when Rian and I help someone through deliverance or healing, it builds their faith tremendously to know, even if they can see, I will say this too. Sometimes I don't see the demons leave. Often I have to accept that they have a right to be there and share this with my friends in Christ as the Lord leads. Yes, of course, we, they do have a right to stay if we want them or if we consider them an asset or uh, we consider them a lust that we need to feed. Yep, they will stay. So she goes on to say, The Lord revealed my personal angel's name is Shalindal after I asked him to do so. Shalindal um, is a big, beautiful angel with gold armor on, and he sometimes has a red tunic underneath the armor, and sometimes he is wearing a white tunic. These are both long to the ground. The first time I saw him, he carried a demon up and away out of me. He fights very hard for me and never loses. Fire is trailing behind Shalindal uh, when he is ready to do battle. It appears when he lifts his sword. He comes with me in our vehicle and he has uh, flicked oncoming debris off the windshield with his sword and he's uh, steadied the speedometer when I am singing loud praise songs with my children on our journeys. And when he's simply next to me, there is no fire but a warm glow. I once forgot to command the angels to travel with us, and keep us safe, and send them ahead of us to clear the way. That day, I received a fine for speeding. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's better to employ the angels since they um, minister to us things like obedience. I have twice been attacked by a spirit of death, which the Lord later revealed was slander from family. I remember seeing Shalindal on my left as I was struggling against pain and fear of death. He said calmly, fight. And I stood up and started singing and walking despite severe pain. My eyesight went gray and I remember I said, even if I die, I'll die singing praises to the king. Now go from me. I can't explain exactly what happened then, but uh, Schallendahl did some damage there, and I was well enough to host a dinner the next day for a woman who needed deliverance from suicide and more. I was infused with a supernatural energy that I've only ever felt after giving birth. This brings me to one of the most heartbreaking stories of angelic encounters. I had a friend in Hobart who was pregnant. She spoke like Rion and I, and um, and I, and uh, the folks from UBM did about faith and Jesus. And she texted me three days before her due date to say that the baby had stopped moving and they were on their way to the hospital. She requested prayer, and I got on my knees with my shawl and covering um, and started um, praying really intense and directed prayers. I sent the angels and received this vision. Two angels were sent to her, one on either side of her and I was commanding that baby to live in Jesus' name. And the angels had their hands on her and looked poised to minister to her. Then they stopped and looked at me and shook their heads. I said, that baby will live and not die, and they shook their heads. And when I gently asked her about it, a while after the, ch- the stillbirth, she said, I decided to not have faith for what you prayed because I didn't want to be disappointed. Whew, what a deception. So these folks have since moved away from where we live and have had two more children naturally by the Lord's grace. It was her lack of faith in that moment that hindered the resurrection and alive delivery of the baby. It's a sad thing for me still, but her husband received a vision of the baby on a little boat crossing a river, which was confirmed by their oldest daughter, who had a dream similar to her dad's vision. There is much grace with our Father. Amen. Then we have the angel to meet us at our front door. He is a shorter angel with huge wings and helps me with technology and finding lost toys and general sanity-saving stuff in the home. <laughs> I often forget about him, which is embarrassing to say, but he has helped me find things quicker than any human mind or body can move at times. He is very stoic and not too engaging, but that might be because I am not too engaging with him either. Once I needed to set up a new printing program, and I know very little about these things, I just said, to meet us. I have the mind of Christ, and I commend knowledge into my self right now to fix this. In a flash, I was coding. Coding. I was laughing as I was doing it, praising God for this awesome ability that was ministered to me in that moment. My son has been a concern for a while and really has a penchant for the extreme. He has a knack of wanting to be faster, better, stronger at most things, but the competence and the capabilities are not always there. The Lord spoke to me and said, I can command my son's angel because I'll need to. I asked the Lord to give me his name so I can build a a rapport with him. Daniel's angel is Aphalon. Uh, And he is kept very busy. I've seen him wipe his brow once and shake his head in what I assume is disbelief because I think he's saved Daniel often from peril or worse. I've received dreams where the Lord warns me of broken arms or swinging accidents or leech bites. And then I remember to command Athalon Uh, to protect my son. I do this by quoting scriptures about children and reminding the Lord about household salvation in Psalm 91. Daniel sometimes laughs at me when I tell him how hard his angel works. He has once said, you sound crazy, and that's okay. (laughs) He has had enough happen to him in his short life that he can Store up in his heart for when he needs to step out and fight the darkness as a man of God one day, just yesterday, I took Daniel out uh, for a run, and as we ran, he complained that his shoulder was sore. I said, "Come, let's let me pray, and I prayed for him, and as I did this, Aphalon uh poured a little oil. Uh, Through me and uh, that went to Daniel's shoulder. It grew warm and he said, It's healed now. Then we sang a quick praise verse and he grew quiet uh, while I continued to pray in tongues. Sometimes when we're praising or warring, I see about 10 to 20 angels either on the roof of the house or around the perimeter and they are ready to attack. These all wear white robes and have long, glinting swords. We don't even have to be at home to see them. They are sometimes waiting for us to return from our journey as we praise in the car on our way home. I have seen this same small battalion of angels at times all around the perimeter of our home fending off dark spirits that have come in hordes. Not one dark demon can uh, make it through the perimeter. Yeah. And we call this Supernatural Methods and Downloads Assisted by the Angels. David Eels, 8, 11, and 22. In the days to come, the saints will receive many instructions and downloads from the angels for each individual situation that they are faced with. I had said a prayer that our computers and stolen materials on the website would be restored. And Baruch said, The coming method for getting the gospel out will be far superior to the computers you use now. It will transcend natural methods. The angels will be much more involved, both multiplying the natural materials and also supernatural methods will be given the saints. Access and assistance in the spirit realm will be provided by the angels. And Eve said, uh, I had a vision while he was speaking of many translations from place to place of the saints happening everywhere, guided by angels and supernatural gifts being bestowed upon the saints to bless and save, heal and deliver God's elect. I also understood that languages would no longer be a barrier. So um, I had also asked... uh, What can you tell us about the supernatural methods to get the gospel out and heal, deliver, and save? And Baruch said, The methods of man will not be employed to reach the peoples of the earth in the days that are coming. The methods uh, are all of the spirit realm and will be administered by the angels who are going to distribute the gifts to the saints meaning the sanctified ones. These include gifts of translation from place to place, languages, healings, laying on of hands to impart to others their needs and what they're lacking, and to replicate the gifts by passing them on to others whom the angels will point out. Supernatural downloads of wisdom and knowledge will be received for specific situations. So I asked, what about uh, deliverances? And Baruch said, the enemy will be on the run during this time. Deliverances will be instantaneous with no resistance on their part. Well, let me say that many deliverances are this way now if there is cooperation on the part of the victim in repentance and faith. And Baruch goes on to say, they will no longer be able to hide in flesh because of the light of revival and the fire of truth that will sweep the elect off the globe, the elect of the globe, excuse me. And Eve said, I understood that he meant that the demons will be fleeing left and right out of people as the true fire of the Holy Spirit fills each one and searches the depths of each individual. There won't be any place left for them to hide in the elect of God. Amen. And I asked, will there be, a ma- will there be mass healings and deliverances? And and, uh, Baruch said to me, Yes, these will all take place on the largest scale in human history. And Eve said, I understood that he meant that masses of people will supernaturally be delivered and healed all at once for time's sake because the need is so great and the darkness so pervasive. I asked can we believe God even now for the books to be multiplied and placed supernaturally in the possession of the people who need them? And Baruch said, Yes, we have done this before on a lim- limited basis, but we will go forth with your commands to multiply and provide the materials even now. We have commanded this before, and we know it, went, it came to pass. We've also seen the books multiplied by angels. Um, Eve said, I understood that this is very important to Jesus. It is his will that all who are hungry for him and truth will be filled. We must command this with unwavering faith, and it will be done. Well, amen. A Testimony uh, mechanic angels instruction for tractor radiator repair. This was given to Chris Garber 82122 Blessings to you all just had a had to share this and give praise to God as a confirming witness to the testimony that brother David shared on 81722. I also had mechanic angels fix my tractor. Back in the spring, I was cleaning up some brush around the property here, and at some point a tree limb went through the radiator, but in a place that was difficult to see. So I've been noticing for months that the engine was running hotter, and I had to keep adding antifreeze. I didn't give it much thought because of life's distractions. Last weekend on 8.13 and 8.14 I had some time and I removed the body panels, shrouds and grill and found an area of damage in the fins of the radiator covering the size of a golf ball. I was uh, perplexed and concerned that I would not be able to get the uh, chores done that I needed done. We had... uh right much rain here last weekend so I threw a tarp over it and let it sit. I investigated radiator repair shops and apparently most all radiator repair shops have closed now and replacement is the only worldly option. I did find a replacement but the cost is twelve hundred dollars. My wife and I prayed and I contacted another believing brother, and we all agreed that God would fix my radiator. Saturday night, I had a dream of two mechanic angels fixing the radiator. I watched how they did it. Next day, I looked online to see if the repair had ever been done. And I found several videos of people repairing radiators with putty, but uh, replacement is still recommended. I'm not testing God, but I don't have $1,200 and I needed the tractor. So I drove to the hardware and picked up a tube of epoxy for $10. The weather was bad here and I had to wait three days even to consider messing with it. The third day, I carefully applied the putty to the hole. It applied it. I applied it just as I saw the mechanic angels apply in the dream. Um, I prayed again, and left it to sit for twenty-four hours. Praise the Lord! The hole is completely repaired. No leaks. I used the tractor all day Saturday in warm temperatures, under a big load, absolutely perfectly repaired by the angels. And when I heard the testimony of Brother David on eight seventeen twenty-two, I thought, I have seen the same mechanic angels here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, we call this Rion and Claire's eight-day fast testimonies, Receiving the gifts, the Penars, eight twenty three twenty two. Last Friday, the Lord put it on my heart to replace one meal a day with either soup or a smoothie for a week, before I even knew that the local UBM fellowship would be fasting. Rian and I had a major spiritual cleanup last weekend ahead of my parents' arrival. It was wonderful, and there was such deliverance for him and me. The Lord proved himself to be a perfect Savior once again. The maturity and depth of this deliverance was of a sort or level we have not previously experienced, and it was very humbling. We've incorporated praise into our days with our children each day uh, of the past eight days. Much to my Babylonish parents' confusion, yesterday we enjoyed fellowship with our friends, the Swa- Swanapoles, and their parents, Ed and Andrea, have their folks uh, from South Africa out too. And while we were worshiping, I saw a blue flame being poured out into Rion's head as well as a white liquid going into his right ear. I asked what the white liquid was, and the angel, not sure who it was, as it was not Shalindal or Tamidas, said, Truth Serum. Hmm. I closed my eyes and really worshipped the Lord with my whole heart, and I found myself in the throne room. At the feet of Jesus, everything was glowing, and I had a full white garment on. Jesus put out his hand and presented me with a red rose, and I started crying a little, and he smiled at me. We went on with worship, and uh, Rion shared a good message, and we prayed for the folks there. Three of the four old parents who were there are not even baptized and have many strongholds. Then later in the evening in our room, Rian and I got on our knees and started worshiping, praying and praising to our king. And I asked Shalindal to minister whatever he has for us. And then I heard a voice say, you already saw it. You already received it. It was back in the throne room with the rose. Okay. I told Rian and he said, I know this is just the start. I said, I want more, not for my glory, but for his. And he said, me too. We're not glory chasers, but we did receive these things. And we are standing in faith for more to be revealed, received, and manifested in the coming weeks during and after my parents' visit. Rian immediately mentioned Song of Solomon when I told him about the rose. In Song of Solomon, the the bridegroom, Jesus, is the rose of Sharon, and um, that's two and one, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Amen. I remembered that each office holds a corresponding sense, as David has taught. We will both spend more time in unpacking the meaning of these gifts, and we will be in communication with you. Amen. And uh, this we called, The Snakes Have Been Destroyed. And this was given to Geneva, who is Isaac Payne's sister. 8-20-22. Last night, when David said to tell the Lord what you want, I did that at the eighth day, uh, I prayed for visions, among many other things. Well, this morning I woke up and was singing praise to the Lord in my head, not even noticing that I was doing that. The next thing I knew, I had a vision. It was of a huge white and orange fire, and all kinds of black snakes were being thrown into the fire one after another. I believe that this represents the conquering of our factious enemies, you know, who are uh, always trying to counteract any good thing that comes our way with their spirits. And then, uh, that was it. I immediately knew in my heart that the Lord had given me a vision. Praise the Lord. I believe it's like what was said yesterday, that the enemy is being conquered. Praise the Lord because all our prayers worship and fasting unto the Lord. Yes, that resounds uh, like uh, Psalm 149, right? I am so thankful that God gave me this for for all of us, and I wanted to be obedient and share with everyone. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. We love you, Jesus. We We are everything, God, that we love you. You are everything, God, and we love you. Well, glory be to God for more confirmations that the enemy is conquered. Amen. We believe it and we receive it. Amen. Well, this one we call The Bride Body Delivered from Her Enemies. Marie Kelton, 81922. Marie, I hear, I believe, is representing the bride body of UBM. And she said, I had another open vision during the eighth day anointing service. It was like I was experiencing it and observing it at the same time. I saw myself in heaven kneeling down, weeping in all white, while praying in tongues with a long veil over my head. I saw the Lord walk up to me and place his hand on my head. I knew he was praying for me. I then saw a demon fly out of my head. At the same time, I saw a white lady in the same spot that I was in, wearing the same veil and doing the same thing I was doing. Jesus walked up to her and did the same thing he had done to me. And a demon flew out of her head like it did mine. Amen. We can all learn from other people's testimonies and have faith, you know, that God does it for one. He's not a respecter of persons. He'll do it for all, right? We all started having vehicle problems. Brandy's truck had no power, and would not go up our steep driveway. And also, Michael's truck kept missing around the same time. Uh, We needed to go somewhere, but it didn't act like we would make it. (laughs) They both had appointments the same day at the local mechanic shop. But I felt this was uh, witchcraft sent by the faction, so I told Brandy this. Was not a coincidence, and we should uh, pray for his truck. So he and I prayed, and it was healed and ran perfectly. Then I went to Michael and told him that this was not a coincidence but witchcraft. So we rebuked it off of his truck, and it was healed too and ran perfectly. Well, this all began a series of vehicle healings. <laughs> Let me say vehicle um problems and then vehicle healings. Amen. Uh, here's one Eve Brass shared with us on eight seventeen twenty two. The mechanic angels fixed my car and healed my spiritual vehicle too. <laughs> During our eight-day fast, as I was walking out to my car to drive for an hour down to Chattanooga, I thought of my car and how the Lord had provided it for me free of charge. It had been making funny sounds in the engine and wasn't running very smoothly. It had been burning uh, quite a bit of oil, and the check engine light had been on since last December. I then thought of David's testimony of him laying hands on his tractor and commanding the mechanic angels who wore faded blue jean overalls over their white robes and held a tool in each hand, waiting by his tractor to fix it. So I laid hands on the hood of my car and set a simple command for the mechanic angels to come and fix my car too. Then I got in my car and put on some powerful praise and worship music and drove off down the road. I had been on the road for about 20 minutes when I finally looked down at the instrument panel and saw that the check engine light was off. I knew immediately that this was a sign that the Lord heard my prayers and had sent his angels to carry out my command for a car repair. I was so happy, and I just began praising and thanking God for answering my prayer so quickly. And during this eight-day fast, I've also been receiving healings and strengthening in my body um, as I've obeyed the command of the Father to live meagerly towards the flesh and avoid uh, man-made devices and distractions as much as possible. I have more energy, and my mind is sharper and clearer. I have also been delivered from a spirit of introversion that came upon me as a result of bullying and severe persecution from my middle school peers. And that has stifled me socially since I was 12 years old. I've continued to enjoy great freedom in worship and fellowship since the eight-day fast. Thank you, Father, for all of your gifts and anointings for us. And here's one from Don Laughlin, 9 And persistence in faith heals another car. Amen. When I first got the car out of the shop, it was running great. No problems. But by the time of the eighth day anointing celebration meeting, it was getting as bad as when I took it to the shop. David had his hands laid on the hood, praying for it, as I turned and started down the driveway. I was just living with the way the car was acting until last Friday night when we had a hard time getting off the mountain after the meeting. The engine would would stop without gunning it, a combination which made it very easy to hit another car It had hands laid on it um, a number of times, including us, but did not help. Then at the end of the Zoom meeting the next morning on Saturday, I asked for prayer. Later in the afternoon, we went uh, the three miles downtown and back without any trouble at all. It was acting as good as a new car, and since then it has died twice When starting it, we commanded it to start each of those times, and it did without any further trouble. Well, sometimes, you know, the devil tries to take things back, and sometimes he gives you a test to see if you will back up on your faith, right? Amen. Today, we traveled to Maryville, and when I was in a store, uh, Knowing that I would only be there for about five minutes, I left the car running. And Merlin said it ran smooth the whole time, and by the time we arrived home it was perfect with no trouble. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And here's Tiambi Banks' testimony on eight fifteen twenty two. We called it Persistence in Faith Heals Another Car. Yes. Okay, Uh, she said, I had gotten off of work on Sunday, uh, August the 14th, and went to Walmart to buy some things, and when I got in my car, it would start. Initially, I didn't get bothered because this had happened before, so I went to start it again and still nothing. And after about the fifth attempt, I knew it just wasn't going to start, and I started crying out to the Lord as I continued to sit there in the car. I wanted to know what He was trying to show me in this circumstance. I got a word at random, but I don't remember what it was. All I remember is that it was a verse about faith. So I knew he wanted me to believe that the car would be healed, but I wasn't seeing it manifest right away. I just continued to sit in the car while I waited on Angelica to come and get me. She picked me up and prayed and believed with me and uh, dropped me off at home. The next day I had to work and she offered to take me to work, but we both felt to go to the car, both believing it would start. We laid hands on the car and commanded it to start, and nothing happened. So she dropped me off at work, and throughout my work day I battled with double-mindedness. I knew the Lord could heal my car. You see, the Lord gave me that car, my very first car, and it has been a blessing, and it will continue to be to me. So the battle was, if my car is healed, why aren't I able to drive it? Yes, that's the the, uh, test in your mind, right? That evening we had our fellowship meeting and I asked for prayer and the whole body prayed and sent forth the angels to heal all of our cars. I was so encouraged and lifted up uh, that I just knew Once the meeting was over, my car would start. Leon took me to my car and laid hands on it, and when I got in to start it, there was nothing. (laughs) We praised and thanked the Lord for His goodness and His healing power over all the things He's given us, and I tried it again and again. So Leon took me home, but I didn't. I did get discouraged after being so encouraged after the meeting. I went to sleep and hoped that in the morning his mercies would be new. The next morning, uh, I just couldn't believe anything other than my car was healed because I had no other choice or option, and I called Brandy to see if it was something minor, like a disconnected line or something. He met me at the car and Leon suggested to get in the car and try starting it again, but it didn't start. David and Michael heard about the car and went to the car, which was locked up, Uh, so they just laid hands on the hood and commanded it to be healed and left. And David told us to go start the car. Brandy got in the car, and it started right up, and was completely healed, and it has been healed and working fine ever since. Praise the Lord for working out His patience in me to know I have the victory, whether it's manifested or not, and always speaking the good confession. Amen. Yep, you get double-minded when you look at the problem rather than the promise, right? So hold fast the confession of your hope, that it waver not. He is faithful that promised. Amen. And here's another healed vehicle testimony. Debbie Finsky, eight thirty twenty-two. I'd like to share my testimony about Father miraculously healing a problem with my car. I had to be away during the time of the sacrificial fast and the eighth-day praise, worship, and anointing celebration. I was participating in the fast, and though I was not able to join in on the praise, worship, and anointing celebration, I was in much prayer during that time. And while on the following morning Zoom prayer meeting, I heard there had been an anointing of healings for vehicles. Well, My car had been having a problem running very rough for a while and getting worse over time. I had my car looked at um, a couple of months back, and the report was that they didn't know what the problem was. That's because it could have been a demonic attack, right? My car was prayed over, and I was believing for God to heal it. But since it hadn't happened yet, I was not able to use my car to go to Pensacola, Florida. I was so blessed to be able to borrow a sister's car to do that. When I came back home to Tennessee that Sunday evening after the eighth-day celebration, I was able to drive my car where I need to go on Monday. But on Tuesday, as I was heading out to the store... I got to the incline at the end of our road that goes up onto the highway, and my car just stopped. It would make it up the hill. It wouldn't make it up the hill. I mean, not even a little bit. So I backed up quite a ways for a nice flat running start, but the transmission wouldn't go into drive. Tell me, that's not a demonic attack. I tried a third time, and still my car refused to go forward, so I had to drive my car back to my house in reverse. (laughs) Uh, Although these testings, when you start to believe, just don't doubt that you might be tested. Don't count on it, but don't doubt it, you know, but to continue to hold fast your faith, right? And on the next Zoom morning prayer meeting, the brothers and sisters agreed with me in prayer for my car to receive that healing anointing. All that day, I felt really tired and stayed home. I was believing for my car, and I had an excitement in my spirit that this healing was going to happen. I just kept praising God for it all day. Finally, I knew it was time to go out and take off in my car. And before I left the house, I remember telling the Lord, Father, I thank you for healing my car. I receive it because it needs this miracle and because I want this miracle. I wanted to run to my car, but walked saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I opened the car door, and before sitting down, I placed my hand on the dash and Commanded it to be fixed and go forward in the name of Jesus. I can't describe the feeling I had of knowing that it was going to work in drive before I even sat on, sat down all the way in the seat and turned on the ignition. Well, I started it, put it in drive, and it took off. "'out of my driveway and down to the end of the lane "'to the sister's house who had let me use her car "'to go to Florida, "'and I was so full of joy telling them "'what father had done for my car. "'Then I drove off in my car again "'and up that incline with absolutely no problem. "'I took it onto the highway "'and it has been a healed car ever since, "'except for still running a little rough.' Not like before, definitely much better. Uh, I'm believing for uh, complete healing on my vehicle. And I thank you, Father, already for the miraculous anointed healing of my car in every way. Amen. Yep, take every bit you can take and believe it and drive it and uh, continue to believe. I remember I had a car, that um, the light stayed on, and I would rebuke it, and it'd go off, and it'd come on. Finally, i just let it come on. I didn't even bother with it. And it was probably a year like that. And, I, and then one day, I rebuked it, and it went off. So, you know, God contest us, right? Well, Jeep healed 2,000 years ago. Petra van der Merwe. 83022 Dear brethren and sisters in Christ we serve a loving god as we know and experience daily this testimony of father's provision is to bring glory to his name the testimony is also a testimony to the power of praise thank you lord for teaching us and then giving us a practical test my trial is a long one It's not over yet, but I know this is the final chapter. I have a small introduction before I get to the story of my car. Two years ago, in September, Father miraculously provided me with a surgery center to work in after the contract uh, I had with another dentist did not work out. I was financially on my knees, covid being part of the financial trouble the miracle of this job was the fact that i was only paid for the days i worked so i could leave whenever the lord called me so there was no contract keeping me there it was no surprise that the address of the surgery center was number 12 wilderness road <laughs> This was the perfect road to my wilderness living when called. You know, folks, we go through these things because in the wilderness where you may not find a mechanic or the money, you know, or whatever, uh, you need to know that God can do everything he says in his word. And that is everything. She went on to say, God's governance over my life was perfect and I took it that way. I was not going to be in the city much longer. On the 17th of June, I took my first trip of many, transporting my belongings to Prince Albert, South Africa. The area is arid, a semi-rock desert in the towns spread out far from each other. And as I entered a gorge leading to the plateau where the desert starts, called Carew, the traffic came to a standstill, and after 45 minutes, I got concerned. Whatever was blocking the road may take through the night to clear it, so I made a U-turn and took another longer route. Ninety minutes later, the car overheated and the angel and the engine <laughs> seized up. It was just outside a small town. Had I continued the first route, I would have been between two small towns, most likely none having a towing service, and I would have had to spend the night next to the road. Thank you, Father. To keep it short... The Lord kept me and provided a retired engineer who had turned mechanic because there was none in this tiny town. I paid only half the price for replacing two heads and the shimming of the block. The only problem was that ever since I picked it up, the engine warning light came on a few minutes after I switched the car on. And sometimes the warning light for the traction control also light it up. And what's worse is sometimes the car goes into limp mode if the traction control light stays on. Limp mode is a safety measure to keep you going till you reach safety. In limp mode, the vehicle has no power and you cannot accelerate. If you switch the engine off and on again, limp mode is canceled. <clears throat> I prayed for the car and continued on with daily life, waiting for the miracle to happen, but it did not. This went on for seven weeks. The 10,000-kilometer service came due, so I took it in, asking them to check the sensors for the traction control. When I picked up my car, the mechanic was convinced he fixed it by canceling all the error messages. He took it for a test drive and all was good, but the trial was not over. The warning lights switched on almost immediately after driving away. That's that's a test, right? And this was uh, five days before I had to move. I ignored the lights and kept believing God will heal it. Well, Monday morning was my day of finally leaving for Prince Albert. Sunday evening, I opened the Sunday podcast, and when I heard it was an old teaching, I thought, I will do this later, but following the prompting of the Holy Spirit inside me, I listened to the podcast, Wilderness Living. It blessed me tremendously, and I went to bed. Monday morning, when I reversed out of the garage, I heard a noise at the front left wheel and immediately felt it going into limp mode but this was even more of a limp mode. I crawled down the small alley in front of the house and parked in another side street. I could not drive 250 miles to Prince Albert at this pace. I called the service center asking the mechanic to call me, and as I sat there, not knowing what to do, The wilderness living teaching popped up in my mind. David gave uh, many testimonies of broken vehicles he had prayed for and then drove them by faith, not wanting to spend time on fixing them. And I decided I am driving to Prince Albert. Secondly, what came to my mind was that I did not praise the Lord for my healed car. I just asked and waited. So I prayed, repenting for not praising Him nor believing it was done. I started praising Him for my car that was healed 2,000 years ago. I knew that was why I had the trial. I failed in my praise Uh, Confidently, I switched the car on, uh, drove into the road, and to my dismay, the lights switched on again. I began rebuking the car in a harsh voice, saying, I do not accept this. You are healed. The words dropped into my mouth, popped into my mouth. At that moment, all the warning lights went out and the car recovered its power, and I drove 250 miles, pushing it to all its limits, going through potholes, daring the warning light to switch on, but nothing happened. It was healed. Looking at my dashboard and seeing no warning lights after seven weeks, when I, when before all the lights were on, uh, all of the time, was a sight to behold. I do believe it is healed, but I had one more trial. (laughs) After loading the car, I drove down the street, and within two kilometers, the fan switched on. Looking down, I noticed the temperature was too high, and the engine was overheating. The Lord kept me and my car for the four-and-a-half-hour drive to Prince Albert. Hmm... The long and the short of it was that there was an external leakage in the water system. I filled the empty radiator and reservoir tank, and God's hand kept the radiator for four hours. And then, 30 minutes after arriving in town, all the water leaked out. It was a miracle that the car, I would say, it was a miracle that the car held the water and lasted until she got where she was going. So she went on to say, I am rebuking this as well, praising the Lord that my Jeep was delivered and is healed, and that the mechanic will not find a crack in a pipe or the radiator. Let us continually praise the Lord for all he has done. Yes, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. (laughs) <laughs> okay, this is Michael's Vehicle Translation. Michael Hare, eight fourteen twenty two. During the eight-day fast before leaving Arkansas to come back home to Tennessee, I prayed and asked the Lord to give me great gas mileage and the trip to be shortened. I really didn't notice anything unusual other than the semi-truck traffic was significantly lower on I-40 from Arkansas to Tennessee. And traffic congestion uh, altogether was significantly lower, even for a Sunday all the way home. And when I got to within 30 miles of my halfway mark at exit uh 143... At Loretta Lynn's restaurant exit, I noted it and kept driving. A couple of minutes later, the sign for the exit appeared. Huh? (laughs) I thought. So I exited, gassed up, and went on my way home. When I pulled in our driveway and parked, I noticed the time. God had knocked about 45 minutes off of my driving time hallelujah i was elated that god did that for me praise the lord for his grace upon us amen hallelujah well i know this is true cuz i've also had the same experience of ge- having a very shortened looking out and seeing what am i doing here this soon <laughs> kind of thing you know amazing god well uh this was david timoshuk 83122 and we called it gift of seeing in the spirit realm mhm after last night's meeting i wanted to share some praise reports that happened since the fast Sunday was our eighth day, and I was lying there in bed with my wife, and we were praying in the Spirit, and um, I started seeing a vision of a jug poured out over us. Me and my wife both felt it at the same time. I've been asking the Lord to anoint me with being able to see the spiritual realm and after we were done praying, I, God immediately started showing me things. First I saw this giant trying to stand up. And as he was doing this, an angel put his foot down on the giant's back and the tip of his sword to the giant's neck. And I knew at that point that the giant is defeated. Who knows? I mean, we've been getting a lot of defeated deep state Babylon words in the morning. That's a giant for sure. And we know it's defeated. Has a a little bit of work to do yet, but it's defeated. For a while leading up to the fast, I noticed that God had removed all fear from me and I wasn't afraid of anything but God. At first I thought nothing of it, but then I realized that before I was able to see the spirit realm, I couldn't have fear in me. Then later, around midnight, God put a name on my mind, and I asked the Lord, Why this person? And he showed me a very creepy, hypnotizing demon that was standing in their living room. I knew the demon had to be kicked out, so I woke my wife up, and we both sent angels to bind and chain this demon up and take him out of the house. And I saw how two angels carried the demon out of the house, all chained up. I was so blessed and happy that God did all that for me, and open my eyes to the spirit realm. I can go on and on with how I am blessed, but there isn't enough time or paper or ink to write down how much God has blessed me. Amen. And this is Amber Arney, 83022, Multiples Deliverances. Mm Mm-hmm. Shortly after we began to worship the Lord on the eighth day, anointing meeting, I began to feel the Lord's presence, and I soon felt maybe three demons leave. I felt lighter after the meeting as well. I have had deliverances before, but none were so unexpectedly easy as this one. On Sunday, I was laying in bed, talking to the Lord about some sadness that I felt, Throughout my life, I always felt average and untalented. From childhood on, I searched for what or that something to make me feel special. I had plenty of ideas, running, playing basketball like my dad, being a writer or an artist, starting a business, but I was never the superstar when I tried them. The enemy told me I'd never be special and that I was stupid to think I'd ever be anything. Laying there, I cried two deep sorrowful sobs and then gagged as if about to vomit and then stopped. A demon had left and the pain was gone, leaving me stunned but peaceful I spent the day feeling so happy and empty like something awful had left. It was wonderful. I was so tired after this that I felt sure I would fall asleep at once. As I lay there drifting off, I became awake and heard God say, Go, talk to the angel of your chastening. I was wondering if I had anything Heard from the Lord, but I, I got up, anyways, and went into my daughter's bedroom as she was on a trip at this time, and uh, it was empty. I have never seen an angel before, so I prayed and sought the Lord. I had a quick vision of a pleasant, youthful being, and as I had expected, an angel of chastening to look rather dour. I asked. Why are you so chipper? And the angel said, The time of your chastening is almost over. As I've been suffering from a strange rash with blisters, stomach pain and pressure, insomnia, and weird painful bites on my stomach for over two months, that was good news. I continued to ask questions over an hour but did not hear anything else. I doubted that I'd heard from the Lord, so I asked for a verse at random and got Romans 3 and 4. By no means let God be true, though every one were a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged." The next day, I asked the Lord why I couldn't see or hear the angel anymore, and I heard, You're not ready. My first thought was that I must fast for three days, but I cast lots and got mixed. And then I heard a line from the song Getting Started by Jeremy Camp, which says, Fall in my arms and let me wash you clean. So I asked the father, How do I fall in your arms? He asked me, How do you give a hug to your mom? I answered, I just open my arms to her and then she hugs me. And after that I heard him say, Do that with me. That night was our Monday night worship service and as a way to fall into his arms, I really tried to sing and feel love for the Father as I sung. At the end of the meeting, I felt great and thought, I'll surely sleep great tonight. But I was tormented with all kinds of thoughts buzzing in my head. I'd imagine that I was giving my testimony about how much suffering the Lord had delivered me from, then I would try to cast that thought down because I wanted to go to sleep. Over and over, different conversations would pop into my head all about how much suffering I'd been delivered from and I was getting annoyed. So, now I was wide awake and it occurred to me that I needed to get up and sing songs of love to the Lord so he couldn't wash he could wash me clean getting up I returned to my daughter's bedroom and proceeded as as I do just that to do just that trying to not awake my husband but pouring out his much love as I could I was singing and singing about God's goodness when all at once I realized that I had been giving God's glory to the suffering. I thought I was suffering. I thought it was suffering that had taught me things and suffering that had made me strong. I had a hidden idol of suffering. I think a lot of people have that. I repented and asked the Lord to take it. And the next day, I felt amazing. And although I have had many healings and deliverances, this idol had hindered me from accepting God's grace and mercy. I felt that I had to suffer before I could accept the Father's healing. So I'd never had uh, an instant healing that I kept. Well, on Wednesday, I began to notice another voice that sounded a lot like my own, giving me helpful advice on things like laundry. At some point, I believe it pre- pretended to be God. I asked the Father about this voice and heard, Masquerade. The first thing to come up when I, I internet-searched Masquerade Bible uh, was Second Corinthians eleven fourteen to fifteen, and no wonder, since Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So, it was not surprising if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their doom will match their deeds. My husband and I cast out a masquerading spirit, and I have not heard the voice since. The last thing is that after the fast, I realized my attitude towards food had changed. Like many women, I have had issues with food, and the Lord has healed me from many of them. But this change was different. I don't know if I can really describe it. Food just doesn't seem so over-important as it used to. I don't think about uh, sweets the same, praise God. I'm free. He, he's, he's answered one of my long-time prayers to give me a right attitude towards food. Well, amen. These are all valuable witnesses and testimonies, and people should be praying them. Father, um, we just thank you and praise you for these testimonies, and we ask that you remind us to continue in this praise and worship. And uh, Lord, we would like to be able to praise you freely. With no inhibitions, just praise you freely. I know that this is offensive to some people <laughs> and some religious groups even, you know. But we are free in our assembly to do that. And I pray that everybody will be free to do that, even those who are out there singing in their shower or whatever, um, kneeling by their bed or whatever that they would be able to sing praises and worship to you with a flowing anointing. And thank you, Lord, that the lessons that we've learned today by these testimonies, that uh, we should expect God's provision, many boxes, many gifts, as we continue our worshiping and praise and giving thanks to God. Amen. Father, we thank You so much. We ask for Your blessings. We ask, Lord, that the gifts that You have given to all of us on the eighth day uh, be fully manifested and that we be taught by You to cooperate with these gifts and to recognize uh, any invasions of the enemy because that happens sometimes too. But we cast all that down. Sometimes the enemy likes to put in things to bring discredit to the prophetic thing itself, and uh, that happens too, and uh, we cast that down in the name of Jesus, and we forbid it in our lives. We thank you for the pure gifts flowing through us, in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Father, for your great mercy towards us. And we just ask, Lord, that we learn these lessons that the angels have taught us and um, that, um, that we will continue to worship and praise you with all of our might, all of the time, uh, in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you so much. We praise you, your, your power, your anointing, your giftings especially the gift of Jesus Christ to us, we now look in the mirror and we believe we have received Christ in us, the hope of glory. Uh, We turn away from our thoughts of the old man because because he is dead and we reckon him to be dead. Uh, We reckon ourselves to be alive unto God and we thank you, Lord, that the worship and praise is a a precious, powerful tool to bring the presence of God and the anointings of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love to us. Deliver us from evil, Father. Uh, I've heard from some other missionaries that they were attacked. Um. And, uh, Lord, we bind that in the name of Jesus. We thank you that the forces of darkness have no power over your people because they were delivered out of the power of darkness and into the kingdom of the son of his love. Lord, we thank you, uh, worldwide for your people, uh, learning to call upon the angels or send the angels as you've told me, Um uh, I remember it happened one time years ago. The Lord said to me, send the angels. And I said, send them to do what, Lord? And I flipped the Bible up and stuck my finger down on David. And it said, David, do all that is in thy heart, for God is with thee. (laughs) That was what was in the text. I just read it from where my finger was on. And uh, so I did that. I um, sent the angels. I've been sending them ever since. I've been sending them, well, I, I've sent them before, but I mean I've sent them even more since that time. And uh, sent them to take down the enemies politically and uh, spiritually. and And they have done it in the name of Jesus. And once after that time, I asked the Lord a question, and I flipped my Bible open, stepped my finger down, in the exact same place. David, do all that is in thy heart, for God is with thee. Amen, he is with us. Emmanuel, Emmanuel is in us. He is with us and in us. And he is doing his great work, and he is, not restricted, really, to any gift that is needed through any person. We may have commonly given gifts that we move in all of the time. And, of course, we get better and we grow in our ability to do that. But uh, at any time, any gifts can actually go or move through us. And not only that, we have authority to send the angels. To go out and um, defend us, to um, take down our enemies, or especially their demons, and to heal, and to bring blessings to our relatives and our friends, and um, to take down enemies of our friends, and all these things. We have authority to do that, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that um, what you're doing is um, going to last in our lives. It's not going to be a flash in the pan, so to speak. We will continue to worship you, to send forth your angels, and to see signs and wonders and miracles. Lord, we send um, the angels out right now. Um, You've told us that we are at the Red Sea. We send forth the angels right now to defend all of your people and to protect them and to bring down all of the enemies that chase them and all of those who are praying against them, their wicked ways. And uh, thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you're doing that. Thank you that this will be a lasting event in our lives, that we continue to see miracles done in the name of jesus thank you for the victory lord god in jesus name amen Well, all right thank you for joining us saints we will do this again sometime and uh we always enjoy meeting with you we ask you to keep us in prayer and uh love to have uh guidance and direction from the lord and uh, I pray that be with you too, in Jesus' name. And thank you and good night. God bless you. Bye bye.
0: For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels. Post office box 23 16 Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. can quench my thirsting soul. Pure as water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into Though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will be my guiding light? The Shining rays of red and white Jesus I trust in you oh, Sacred heart in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine oh Jesus I trust in you My Lord Jesus, oh Jesus.